From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Cataracts, glaucoma, and macular degeneration are traditional eye ailments, but your eye doctor may also recognize other warning signs that pertain to your whole body health. Today, I'm talking about this with Dr. Marietta Abazaga. She's an instructor of ophthalmology and visual science at Upstate. Welcome to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Abazaga. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. What can an eye exam tell you about a person's cognitive ability? So I am sure you have heard of this before, that the eye functions like a camera. It has a lens to help focus the light, a film, which we call the retina, that captures the light, and a cable or the optic nerve that connects the eye to the brain. So the signal is sent um, to the brain for interpretation. With that said, the retina is an extension of the central nervous uh, system, meaning that the retina and the brain share many structural and functional features together. So how do the blood vessels in the eyes of people with Alzheimer's differ from those in the eyes of people without cognitive impairment? So since Alzheimer's affects the brain, um, it can therefore also affect the back of the eye. In patients with Alzheimer's, studies have shown that vessel density decreases, vascular parameters change, and even thinning of the fibers that connect the retina to the optic nerve happens. Um, what's interesting about this is that studies have shown that we can actually measure these changes in the eye before signs of Alzheimer's may even appear in patients. Now, let me ask you about diabetes, because I know one in four people with diabetes don't even know they have it. Can you examine someone's eyes and detect diabetes? Yes, um, absolutely. Through a dilated eye exam, we are able to visualize the retina on the back of the eye and can detect changes that occur in diabetic patients. And some of these changes that do happen to the back of the eye, they're known as diabetic retinopathy. So, what what does diabetic retinopathy do? Does that impact someone's ability to see? Um, so, diabetic retinopathy, it occurs when elevated blood sugar levels um, damage the blood vessels in the back of the eye. And damage to these blood vessels, it causes them to swell and leak blood onto the retina. So, the blood vessels, they can also close, which will stop blood from passing through. Um, and an occlusion to, these to the blood flow can lead to an ischemic event in the eye. And then this ischemic event will cause abnormal new blood vessels to grow. And in these new blood vessels that do grow, they're very fragile and they break easily. And it causes even more blood to leak onto the retina. Is there anything that can be done to help preserve sight if diabetes is diagnosed early? Um, yes, um, and I guess to go back just a little bit on how it can impact our eye when we talk about diabetes, because I, um, I didn't think I answered that correctly. Um, so patients can have diabetic retinopathy and not even know they have it. Um, this is because it often has no symptoms in the early stages of it. Um, as diabetic retinopathy gets worse, it can, um, uh, patients may notice things like floaters in their vision, having blurred vision, having vision that changes sometimes from blurry to clear, seeing dark spots in their field of vision, and even having poor night vision. And in some severe cases, of course, it can even cause loss of vision. And um, to go back to how we can preserve sight in the early stages, controlling the underlying conditions that exacerbate diabetic retinopathy, such as blood pressure, um, 
uh, blood sugar levels are the key in preserving vision, really. Um, other things like following dietary and exercise plans that's recommended by a nutritionist or doctor is another way to stabilize the sugar levels and, and blood pressure. And of course, taking the prescribed medication that's issued by your doctor um, is also very important. Um, and then in moderate to severe stages of diabetic retinopathy, further intervention and close follow-up with a retina specialist would be necessary. Can you tell from an eye exam if someone has high cholesterol? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, one of the findings that uh, can signify elevated cholesterol is the presence of this white, gray, or blue ring around the eye. We call this arcus. Um, other exam findings that can indicate high cholesterol is presence of plaques inside the arteries located in the back of the eye. So how does high cholesterol tie to glaucoma? So um, to go a little bit back, glaucoma, glaucoma is an optic neuropathy that is caused by damage to the optic nerve. When uh, damage to the optic nerve occurs, it interrupts communication between the eye and the brain. Um, glaucoma has different mechanisms of how it happens, but we focus mainly on eye pressures being one of the main factors that we can control. And what I mean by control in the sense we can manage through uh, medical therapy, through laser procedures, or even surgery. Um, eye pressure, it has to do with fluid that is being created inside of our eyes and, it, uh, and its rate of how fast it drains out of the eye. In some cases, either the fluid inside the eye cannot drain fast enough or there is a complete blockage of our drain um, system not allowing the fluid to flow. Other ways in which the optic nerve can damage is based on how much blood supply gets to the optic nerve. In this case, patients with elevated cholesterol can have an increased risk for glaucoma. Built up of cholesterol inside the arteries can lead to stiffening of the arteries, which would decrease the blood supply to the optic nerve and therefore can damage the nerve in that matter. So it is important to know about high cholesterol. If someone has an overactive thyroid, what might that do to their eyes? So the thyroid gland makes hormones that help regulate many of our body's functions, such as our metabolism. Graves' disease is a condition that affects the thyroid gland, causing an overproduction of these hormones. When Graves' disease involves the eyes, it affects the muscles and tissues surrounding the eye, which can lead to bulging of the eyes. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Upstate optometrist, Dr. Marietta Abazaga. Now, we've talked on HealthLink on Air before about stroke symptoms, um, sudden numbness, confusion, severe headache. But what can you tell us about vision changes that signal an oncoming stroke? So, um, some symptoms that may be associated with an uncommon stroke um, can be temporary dimming of vision, usually in one eye or both eyes, and it usually happens over a few seconds. And another symptom may be double vision. So, if, if someone has sudden vision loss, that would be an emergency, right? Absolutely. Um, there are many reasons that can cause vision loss, but sudden painless vision loss um, when that happens, stroke is one of the highly differentials. You should seek immediate medical attention if this should happen. What happens to the eyes during a stroke typically? 
So there is a good communication between the eye and the rest of the body through the vast network of blood vessels and nerves. During the stroke, there is an interruption of blood flow to certain parts of the brain. Um, same situation applies to the eye. The interruption of blood flow will cause um, loss of oxygen to tissues in the eye and therefore can cause loss of vision or temporary, meaning loss of vision temporary or even permanent. Uh, someone who has survived a stroke, I wanted to ask, are they at increased risk for visual problems? And is there anything an eye doctor needs to know ahead of time about the patient? Yes, yes. So for doctors, it is important to know when the stroke happened. Um, uh, if underlying um, conditions that cause a stroke, like high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, if those are under control. Um, knowing changes to their medical regimen, like taking, let's say, blood thinners, and how the stroke is impacting their, over, their overall patients' activities of daily living are just as important. Um, a large portion of the brain is dedicated to vision. And therefore, there is a high likelihood of strokes affecting vision. In many patients, um, they may end up with permanent double vision and some peripheral vision loss, depending on the severity of the stroke that happened. Okay. Let me ask you about a person who complains about dry eyes, light sensitivity, and night blindness. What might those symptoms point you toward? Um, with such symptoms, I would think about vitamin A deficiency. Vitamin A, what does that do for our eyes? So vitamin A is actually an important part of our eyes function. Um, in order for our eyes to observe the full spectrum of light, it requires a certain pigment um, to be produced um, so that the retina can work properly. If vitamin A um, is low, it interrupts the production of these pigments to the back of the eye, and then it would lead to these symptoms of night blindness, dry eye, and light sensitivity. Interesting. Uh, I'd also like to ask you about the connection between Lyme disease and what might be visible during an eye exam. Yes, so the eye findings, they vary depending on the stage of the disease. Um, most common uh, presentation is usually conjunctivitis, which is a red eye with possible discharge, um, which can cause some light sensitivity and mild swelling near the eyelid. But as the disease progresses, it can involve even deeper structures of the eye um, to lead to inflammation inside of the eye known as uveitis. Um, this usually presents as a red, achy eye with sensitivity to light, blurred vision, and even floaters. But as the disease continues to progress, it can involve multiple cranial nerves that control the muscles of our eyes and face. Um, and then this would lead to weakness of the eye muscles to cause double vision, as well as drooping of the face. Um, and in late stages, it can even cause scarring to the cornea, which is the most superficial part of the eye. I had not realized that Lyme disease, that, uh, you know, conjunctivitis could be a symptom of that. So that's something yeah. that might appear early in the disease? Yes, yes, usually. Does Lyme disease then have the ability to do lasting damage to a person's vision? Um, yes, it can. Um, as mentioned earlier, based on the disease process and the courses going through and what specific structures of the eyes affecting, it can absolutely be devastating to vision. Should someone who is diagnosed with Lyme disease, should they set up an appointment to see an eye doctor? 
Absolutely. A patient can see an ophthalmologist or an optometrist um, with a condition, with this condition, patients will require to undergo a complete systemic um, uh, neurological and an ocular examination to see what's going on since so it can involve multiple systems. What should people expect from an annual eye exam? We're all told to get annual eye exams, but what, what can you tell us that would help us prepare for them? So usually for an um, annual eye exam, we are checking to see how your vision um, is functioning. Um, and then we, we do check, for example, for a prescription for glasses, if they're required to help improve your vision. And then we are checking for things like eye pressure to make sure there's no um, glaucoma involvement. And then we dilate the eyes um, using certain drops so that we can visualize the back of the eye, the retina. Um, to get a better understanding of the overall eye health. And um, with the dilation part, it can make the eyes a little bit sensitive to the light um, after you dilate it. And it takes a few hours for the dilation to reverse. But when we're looking to the back of the eye, we're examining the overall health. Um, and then after the dilated exam, depending on what we see, we can determine as far as when do we follow up with patients appropriately. And do you recommend annual eye exams? For adults, or at what age should you start getting annual eye exams? So, uh, eye exams can start as young as, you know, uh, infant, believe it or not, depending on what uh, may be going on with the eye or if there is certain um, uh, history, family history of eye conditions. Um, children should be evaluated, including to adults. But ideally speaking, um, with children, if they are overall healthy, you can have an eye exam uh, one to two years. But then with adults, after we get to a certain age, let's say after maybe age of 50, we would recommend to get an eye exam every year as certain eye conditions are more prevalent after that age that we would want to evaluate for. Well, thank you so much to Dr. Marietta Abazaga. She's an instructor of ophthalmology and visual sciences at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and radio talk show, HealthLink on Air.